Welcome to the Random Tea Sleepy Hollow Podcast. I'm Queenie. I'm Shania. And today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 16, Dawn's Early Light. Yay! Yay. Stuff happened. A lot of stuff happened. Okay. Yeah. It was a very, very fast-paced episode. Yes, it was. It was never really boring. No. We got a Monster of the Week. Mm-hmm. We got Story Advancement. Mm-hmm. Character Development don't necessarily like where some of the characters develop to but yes <laughs> but yes yes all of these things happened we got a lot of twistery which we haven't gotten in a we while we did that i liked that was cool i had to rewatch it twice oh wow to to fully absorb pick all, up the... all of the bits and pieces well i have rewatched it one time to actually watch the episode right then i went and rewatched it a second time to pick up all of the bits and pieces of Twistery, because we had uh, Paul Revere, we had Betsy Ross. <coughs> I mean, we had Betsy Ross. <laughs> we had um, Francis Scott Key. We had Orpheus. We had... The Fort, or whatever. The Washington, Fort McHenry. Um, Crossing, Crossing of the, the Delaware. Delaware. The National Anthem. And I didn't want to miss anything, so... Yeah, yeah. And I do have stuff on pretty much all of it. Okay. If only I couldn't find nothing. Okay. So, um, I want to go ahead and make a housekeeping note. Okay. And that is we are going to be at uh, a con next weekend. Not just any con. 221B con. The con. The con. Um, so, we will be dead by our normal uh, recording time. Because Sunday we will have been partying with our friends for like all weekend. Um, yeah, we may not even actually get to watch the episode live. So. Yeah, we probably won't, actually. So, we're going to be recording, I think, um, Monday or Tuesday instead of Sunday next week. So, so lots of time to get your feedback in. Yes, exactly. Lots of time to get feedback. Because we would like to be alive and have voices when we record. Because that's another consideration. Yes. Usually one of us loses part of our voice at the <laughs> by the end of it. So. Usually. Yeah. Usually it's me. Yeah. Is it me? I got I got a little horse last time. Yeah, you did. So... So, so just an FYI, like just look at it like more time to get your feedback in. Yeah, but don't worry, it we it will be coming. Don't, yes, don't yes. panic. So don't panic if it's if it's a couple days late. So, um, and you have pre back for I us. I do have pre back. Uh, we got an email from Tony. But, uh, I know, right? That's, Surprising. I know. We had several, but anyway, <laughs> um, and this specific one, she says, "Dear Queenie and Janya, I wanted to thank you last night for reading what other what." Others believe is an ongoing problem in our country that needs to be recti- rectified. Okay. If, if my words as well as others have given those listening to your program a better chance at understanding those who are different from them as well as their experiences, then that's a good thing. So I'm sure I'm not the only one who appreciated what you did in giving us a chance to be heard, especially for a subject that most people chose to sweep under the rug, but you didn't. And for that, I thank you. Oh. That is, I think that's important, just realizing that other people are coming at this from a different perspective and understanding that it's not going to be the same as yours. Exactly. And yours isn't necessarily, quote unquote, right. And we learned something from it. We did. We did indeed. So, here's another email from Tony. It says, hi, Queenie and Janya. Hello. Hi. So, there were a few things I wanted to mention that I didn't get a chance to regarding Abby and Crane and that Dr. Leeds character. Okay. Well, that could go so many places. Uh, She says, so what's up with Abby not being bruised after being hit in the face and thrown around by the Jersey Devil? 
We oh, didn't, I didn't think about that. We didn't see a single scar or anything. This requires a WTF. <laughs> Can't argue with that. Um, how many times can Crane be injected with some sort of poison and not be jacked up? That's, I I think I asked that while we were watching it. Yeah. Um, what the hell up, what the hell was up with Dr. Leeds? That shot of him when he strolled up to Crane in the forest and then put his hand on his hip looked perverted. <laughs> the camera angle from the front as well as the back looked like he was saying to Crane, yes, I know mine is bigger. <laughs> Take a good look. I doubt if yours is better. Yeah. Then on top of that, Crane's look and response doesn't help whatsoever. Go back and watch that scene and tell me how one cannot interpret that as penis measuring contest. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I totally was. Absolutely. The other thing I wanted to talk about was the Jersey Devil. In how many ways can you say that was a ripoff of a 90s creature from Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Again, I've never seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer. No, but so. like what it reminded me of that I think you would understand is one of the creatures from Charmed. Oh, not super high quality. Oh, that's going way back. Yeah, yeah. Ouch. Yeah, that's another show I couldn't finish. Oh, you didn't finish it? I never finished watching that show. I couldn't. It went downhill. It just died quickly. Yeah. When she married her white lighter dude, yeah, I was like, mm -mm. I was like, that's <laughs> enough. Uh, she says, when I saw that shit, I was like, why does he look like one of the creatures that work for the god glory on Buffy. Do you remember that character? No, because I never watched No, them. but I've seen I've seen a few like I end up watching TNT mornings when I'm stuck in hotel rooms at conferences. Okay. And I've seen a couple episodes of Angel. And so yeah, it it felt okay, very go, much I have watched a couple of episodes of Angel because um Christian Kane is in it. Yeah, so it felt very much like one of those demons. Yeah. Or, yeah. So yeah, I, I get that, Tony. Uh, it's like they didn't even try. Somebody must have went through several episodes of Buffy and decided that somehow they would take an idea from that show and make it their own. I think it has a lot to do with budget. Yeah, I, I do too. I really do because they've they've done really good effects. And I, I think it's not only budget but time as well because they have a very tight shooting schedule. Mm -hmm. So it's how much time does this person have to spend in the makeup chair versus... So I, I think there are a lot of factors involved. Yeah. Um, she says, look, I can appreciate a demon from the Buffy show, but that was the 90s. This is the 2000s. Monsters have come a long way, so there are no excuses for that Sleepy Hollow. Okay. <laughs> I can't argue with it completely because that hair was so pink. Oh my God, it was. that the hair. The hair was, I think, what made it worse for me. Uh, she says, lastly, did the show forget about Abby having, quote, the sight as one of her witness powers back in season one? The fact that she had the ability to see what happened in the past play out right before her eyes was kick-ass. If you recall, it happened in Sin Eater when Katrina came to her while she was driving. I don't think it was a witness power. I thought I that was Katrina. Katrina. I thought that was Katrina. Yeah, I thought Katrina was projecting that. Yeah. Um, she says she saw herself in a house with four speakers, one witch coven. I have two questions regarding that scene, by the way. Did anyone notice Nicole's laughter in the background along with Tom Meissen's? That was a long time ago. So Yeah, no. I'd have to go back and look. This was startling because Abby turns around when she hears the laughter, which sounds like hers and Crane's. Now, Katrina said that it was her house she shared with her husband, but what if it wasn't? What if that was Crane and Abby's house? Just a thought. I like that thought better. Okay. Next, why did she have Headless come after Abby in that weird dream? Also, she could contact her. 
Abby could have been killed like a character from Nightmare on Elm Street. If that wasn't bad enough, she almost had a head-on collision with a semi, thanks to that witch Katrina. I think we mentioned that in the yeah, podcast. Yeah, we, we did, was, and Katrina was a horrible, horrible witch. She was a horrible, horrible person. Yes, she was. Uh, why haven't we seen Crane's ability to see demons, which was something we... The audience witnessed in the season one episode, The Sin Eater. That's true. That is true. I remember that. Flashback to him being able to look through. And that's how Katrina knew he was a witness. Yep. Because he could see the demons. That is a really good point. We never saw that again. They have lost so many threads. Of course, then again, just to play devil's advocate, their monsters have not been disguised as humans. They've been just... Yeah. That banshee was not... Well, I mean, how many actual demons... Yeah, have they come up again? They kind of turned away from the whole demon story. But that's yeah. true. That still, that whole ability is just kind of... Mm. Just kind of went... Meh, meh. Um, was the show worried that his ability to see demons was a little too close to the character of Nick Burkhart in the TV show Grimm, who, of course, has the same ability? So that's that. Let me know if you've noticed any of these things as well. Um, the demon vision, yes, that has gone missing. And they might think it's a little too grim. Which yeah. I've, I've watched seasons one through four. I'm behind. I need yeah. to catch up on the current season. After Con, Missy. After Con, I, I promise. Um, that's a good point. Yeah. Which that's the entire premise of the yeah. show, Grimm, which, by the way, is... <laughs> it's a train wreck, but I can't stop watching it. Yeah. She'll, she'll text me and bitch about it, but be like... Okay, I'm going to go and watch five more episodes. Bye. They're my monster hunting husbands. They love each other so much. Yes, Tony, I totally <laughs> ship Nick and Monroe. Of course and she does. Hank she and Hank. She ships everybody. Yeah, pretty much the entire thing. And Rosalie. You know. It's fine. So, uh, Tony also sent us a Freaky Crane Part 2 where she points out several other... Freakiness. Incidences of where Crane is a complete freak, apparently. Which we enjoyed thoroughly. Yes. Um, but for the sake of time, we're going to jump over that real quick to Tony's email. Because this one's kind of a doozy. But I think it's kind of important because she makes several theories in here. Okay. Uh, this is her Ragnarok, the facade, Pandora oh, yeah. email. This is yeah, you instantly little... had my attention with Ragnarok because I was like, Loki, well, what? The, the episode finale... The season finale episode is Ragnarok, so so uh, Tony goes to say, So I thought I would toss around some theories about the show and what could be at play. What if all this has been a facade going back to season one? Pandora has definitely shown us that she knows the fate of the two witnesses, but it also comes down to the choices being made by the two of them. What if the Ragnarok happened before, which would explain why the Gorgon was down in the crypt along with a man and a woman who obviously been turned to stone? What if their apocalypse was the Ragnarok and that's why they went searching for the Sword of Methuselah instead were confronted by the Gorgon and torn, turned to stone? But here's a question. Did these things really happen or is this a what-if scenario being played out? We've seen what happened when Ichabod altered the ordained path as the four speakers one point out to him in the episode The Golem. <coughs> Sorry. Of course I spoke to this before. How the littlest thing can alter the future. Quote, come on, how... Many of us have seen the movie Final Destination. Well, I don't know why that quote is there. And what can happen... Final Destination? Have I seen Final Destination? I don't think I've seen Final Destination. I don't think you have. But I have seen Butterfly Effect, which pretty much amounts to the same thing. Yeah. You can... Which was a bad movie. I don't recommend it. You can really fuck with stuff when you try to... You know, but... It's a trope. 
it is a trope, but alternately, Back to the Future. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Which makes light of it. Um, and what can happen when you try to avoid the unavoidable? Katrina, Abraham, Ichabod, and yes, the forefathers screwed with that should have, pl- with what should have played out naturally. Instead, selfish wants and desires took precedence over the bigger picture. Now, I'm going to break from her email here, and I want to point out, I don't recall if she mentions this in her email or not. Okay. Um, Katrina really fucked with it by... Keeping Ichabod alive when he should have died. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely she did. So, Tony, if you haven't put that through your little ringer, add that little piece and that's And that's why her coven was so pissed at her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which I think uh, Joe actually brings up. Yeah. We'll get to his email in a minute. I'm glad that the witnesses are finally realizing what's dead should stay dead. What's dead will never die. (laughs) Sorry, that's Game of Thrones. Um... Fucking Iron Islanders. Uh, no. Everything from George Washington being brought back to life caused Ichabod to make rash decisions involving the map and Katrina. Yes. Oh. Imagine what would have happened if he'd stayed dead in the first place. All of it had a domino effect resulting in devastating consequences. I think Pandora moved the time around. If you recall, she has the ability to alter that which we cannot see. Hell, she put up a coffee shop in the main, up in the train station. As far as the commuters were concerned, that coffee shop had been there the whole time. That's an excellent point. <laughs> Which is a plot hole because they've never brought that back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, in fact, it hadn't. Just like I'm sure when Pandora leaves, so will her dungeon. Oh, the cave. Yeah. It yeah. will be as if it never happened. The hidden one uh, has also shown us that he can create a home with a wave of his hands. Henry also tricked Ichabod in the episode The Art of War... In this episode, we, the audience, as well as the character Ichabod, were made to believe that they're now in the future and that Katrina and Jenny are both dead. We see them go on a mission due to an interesting phone call, only to find it was all a setup. Why? Because Henry was able to create something that wasn't real. Um, that's referred to as a clamor. Yeah. The spell that he put on the house. Yeah. To make it look pretty when it wasn't. That's a glamour. Yeah. Um, I learned that from... Um, the craft. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I love that movie. I know it was. It was so. Ir- it was eerily accurate. Re- really, to a point. They did. They did some to semblance of research. Yes. Cool. We should watch that sometime. I love so that I can movie. Go, yeah. This. That's. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Pause it. You can. That. You can mm-hmm. be my. Uh, I'll be your guide. Yeah. You can. What is it? Commentary. Commentary. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's bullshit. But this and that. Oh, I like it that. Was yeah. Eerily accurate. We're gonna do that. It was. Mm. So anyway. 90s, um, man. Back to the <laughs> The 90s, man. It was so John Hughes meets witchcraft. It really was. It was um, great. Oh, sorry. The internet just... Did you see what I just saw? I Two, I'm sorry. 221BCon. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm looking. Anyway, so this is why I think we see playing out as Ichabod and Abby going back and making right... Wait, making... Wait, where was I? I don't know. So that wasn't real. So this is why I think we... Henry was able to create something that wasn't real. Boom. Okay. So this is why I think what we see playing out is Ichabod and Abby going back and making the right decisions in order to end up in the right place. Okay. Uh, also, this would keep the witness line intact. So yes, it is possible that Sophie is their daughter and we, the audience, are getting a window into what will happen before she is born. Her missing parents really lends credence to this theory. It does. 
Like, she's their kid if the wrong choices were made and her parents were taken from her, i.e. Ichabod and Abby were killed. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's I'm all go- I'm going to get really pissed off, though, if they pull, like, a Dallas on me and the last two years were, like, a dream or some shit. Or magic or See, whatever. I remembered when I remember when Jr. got shot. Like I'm I gonna, was there. Yeah, but when like Bobby was, I was dead, in the room. Like when oh. Bobby was dead and he came back, mm-hmm. and it turned out it was a dream. Yeah. Like I didn't even watch Dallas, but I remember being upset about that. Yeah. So like I would be super pissed if they're like, haha, the last two seasons are just like a dream yeah. or a glamour or whatever. Yeah, I'd be well, mad. Well, apparently this particular season is forgetting all of season one and two. So that's a good point. Uh, Tony says this would explain why Jenny was shocked by Sophie having similar moves to hers. We still don't know how old Sophie is when her parents disappear. I assume she was, like, young. Yeah, but not too terribly young because she seems to have picked up a lot of knowledge from her parents being in that field. It's true. Um, it's also possible that the memories she has of them, of them have been altered to keep her from messing around messing anything up right now in this century. It would be like Abby telling her great-great-grandmother, Grace, her fate, and that she would die in a fire due to Jeremy. Imagine how she would respond and who's to say she wouldn't do everything in her power for it not to happen. Yeah. Who knows what sort of impact that would have down the road. So over the course of three seasons, we've seen major events happening. Henry killing Moloch, which opened up purgatory, letting God knows what out. Solomon Kent escaped. He, too, affected the path for the witnesses because of Henry. Katrina fucked up a lot of shit. God, did she ever. For the witnesses. Just a sentence in and of itself. Yeah. Now, I think what we're seeing is what happened when Jenny first touched the shard shard of Anubis. Remember what the shop owner says to Jenny. Your fate has changed. I also believe that no matter how Ichabod and Abby would have met still would end up married. It just so happens with all of these individuals listed above have Ichabod in a place where he needs citizenship and that will lead to a wedding. Sophie is more than likely the birth slash baby that Pandora references to from the references to from the two witnesses. She could also be the secret that she talks about as well. Abby and Crane keep secret a daughter born of two witnesses from prominent prophet bloodlines. What I'm saying is that what the is that what the hidden one told Crane could mean that there are prophets in each bloodline, but not necessarily meaning they're all witnesses. You're holding up your hand. I'm going to add fuel to this uh, speculation okay. bonfire. Do it. Ichabod was gone away from Abby for nine months. Oh, shit. Yep. There it is, Tony. Do with that what you will. There it is. Yeah. There it is. Damn. I just thought about that. You just fell down that rabbit hole. I did, didn't I? (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) I just want them to kiss. I just want to see them kiss. I know. Like, I don't want it to be off screen. No. Booth and Bones got together and we didn't even get to see the good stuff. I know, right? (sighs) So angry. Anyway, uh, we're almost done here. Now, a friend of mine says, what if Sophie is actually the hidden one? Forget what the show has been trying to sell us. The truth is Ra was also referred to as the hidden one and he wasn't evil. True. Well, true myth. So we don't really know who Peter Mintz's character is supposed to be. All I know is that the Ragnarok means the He's time supposed of the- to be a douche. He is a douche. Uh, Ragnarok means the time of the gods is over and that maybe the witness's daughter Sophie, which means wisdom, will somehow play a role in the whole Sophie wisdom of Jesus Christ. Just a thought. Tell me what you think. 
It's a lot to take in. I honestly don't know how all this is supposed to fit in with all the biblical stuff. Like, that's what, like, if I think about this too hard, it makes my head hurt. Because, to me, Bible does not necessarily mix with, oh, here's this other pantheon of gods. Not as a whole, and I'm probably going to offend a lot of people by saying this, but I, and I apologize in advance, but as a whole, Christianity stole it a did. It appropriated. Mythos, it, it, it appropriated. Yes, it did. Uh, legends and stories and made them their own from several, several different. Because if you look mythologies at mythologies, if religions. you look at imagery of Isis and Horus, it is very Mary and Christ Child. Um, case in point. Um, like I totally respect Christians because uh, my my mother is one, and and her and I have a very understanding yeah relationship especially where religion is concerned uh i was invited to easter family yeah this weekend and i promptly declined declined and she was like i thought so i just wanted to make sure you knew you were invited yeah i'm like yeah that's fine um but the reason why easter do you know how they decide what easter is why how east what day easter is Oh, the equinox, right? It is the first Sunday after the first full moon after the spring equinox. That's why it moves around. Yes. Yeah. But that's also the um, original holiday of Astara, which is a pagan holiday. Yeah, and, like, it's documented. Like, they appropriated to make it more palatable to the masses Mm -hmm. who were like, I don't know about you, Jesus. I'm a pagan. It's not. It's not just Christmas. They made it more palatable to they be did. like you to know, be converted. Yeah, yeah. Like it was. Into it was done yeah. on purpose. That's where it came from. Yeah. So May Day, Easter, um, Christmas. Mm-hmm. Those are the only ones I can think of off the top of my head. But yeah. So but yeah. But like when I start and and it's not even necessarily the Christian and the pagan. But it's the pagan and the other pantheon of pagan. Like, if we're getting into Ragnarok territory, which is Norse gods. Yes. But then this is Egypt. And then we got Sumerian mixed in. And then Pandora's got the Greek oh. side. It becomes headachey. I know. I really wish they would, in a, in, in a particular season, pick a path and just a pantheon and use it. Yeah. Because the there's enough from- material in, like, if you would pick the Greek pantheon for Pandora. Like, there's material. There's, um... Well, there's end of the world stories and all. Oh yeah, yeah. Walks Absolutely. of religions and fates and mythologies. Yeah. What you got to remember at one point in time, the Greek mythology was cons- it was a religion. Exactly. It was what people believed, and so nobody just bothered I'd- to climb up Mount Olympus and check. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't want to get into a theology discussion, but there we go. So there, you go. there it is. So uh, Joe emails us. Hi, Joe. Hi, this is ladies. And this is, of course, still in reference to last week's episode. Joe calls me a lady. I don't know why. I don't know why. Mm. Uh, wow. He's a nice man. <laughs> he is. He says, wow, with one line of definite information, we learn that Ichabod's role as a witness is a birthright. This does confirm the speculation, but on the surface opens a massive inconsistency. 
Mm-hmm. Inconsistency on this show? No. I know. That's a shock. Right. I'm shocked on. and appalled. He says, when Jeremy is born, why is he not protected and revered as the witness heir? Everyone who protected Ichabod is still around. There must be a reason. I can answer this. That's a good point. Okay, answer. I have. Here's my, my answer to this is because Katrina hid the baby, but also she was hiding the baby from her coven. But it was because... She hid Ichabod yeah. when he should have, by all rights, have been dead. Then Jeremy would, would have, have been, the, been witness. the witness heir. But because Ichabod was technically still alive, it, as Tony's always talked, screwing with the timeline. Oh, uh, yeah. So they were going to use Jeremy to plus get her put, to tell them where Ichabod was. Plus, Jeremy did end up in the care of another witness line. I don't see, but that's the thing, though. Like Grace wasn't the witness of her time. Otherwise, Grace and Ichabod could have no. been kicking ass and taking names. Grace was just in the line of witnesses, but she was not herself a witness. Which is something Tony brought up. Yeah, and that could be the same with Jeremy. Just because mm-hmm. he's in the line doesn't mean he's a witness. Exactly. That's I don't. But but then again, I don't know because but we don't know. They're not really giving us a whole lot of detail on that so but if jeremy were to die would that mean that that line is now broken until ichabod has a baby with abby (laughs) (laughs) but that's a good point though okay so they can only have like are then witnesses gonna have to be brother and sister or sister and sister or brother and brother if the two witness lines diverge or converge like i like it head hurt Ouchies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, like, Ichabod's dad was in the line, but unless, his ass was not a witness. Unless, wait, let's take this a step further. Oh, God. Unless the uh, the child of the two witnesses... Becomes a super witness? Becomes a super witness, and then that's the end of it. That's the They're en- the ones that's that the end, end the... the end of the end of days. And if that child is Sophie... Boom, there it is. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Drop the mic. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. This makes my head hurt. I know. My brain's killing me. Sorry. Um, let's get back to Joe's email. Yeah. Uh, he he gives us a disclaimer. Oh, Joe's precious. Since the information below is about the two most cryptic characters, small logic <laughs> leaps are inevitable. <laughs> you feeling froggy? Yeah, I'm feeling it. He says, what we learned about Jeremy. At the moment of his birth, a very powerful entity broke the spell around Frederick's manor, destroying Katrina's support system true yep starting a fire by crying in this fire grace dixon and most of her family perished jeremy survived but wouldn't a witch in a house fire be much like a witch at the stake Mm. i think mullick orchestrated this to make sure jeremy was alone and more susceptible to coming over to the quote-unquote dark side in the episode the golem we learned from the four the four that see is one that he was too powerful for the coven to kill, so they stopped his heart and buried him. Stopped his heart and buried him. Moloch is, Moloch is alive. Okay. He points out. In Awakening, he states that as a half-blood witch, he was not powerful enough to reawaken his coven and needed Katrina's help as a full-blood witch. Moloch is dead. Not quite the same message. So while hmm. Moloch is alive... An entire coven could not kill him. Okay. But later, when Jeremy wanted to reawaken his own coven, he needed help, but Mullick is dead. Mm. Hold, hold that in mind. Okay. 
it takes a minute, but he'll get to it. As the horseman of war, Mollet gave him an avatar to command. The horseman of death was on the front line in battles, but Jeremy was never in direct danger. Uh, Frank would have killed Jeremy in the battle with the horseman of war. Right. Other factors. We know Moloch was able to leave purgatory for at least brief periods. Andy's cell, Jenny's room at Terrytown, psychiatric, Abby and Jenny's experience in the four white trees, etc. In Katrina's flashback dream, the one where Ichabod said their daughters would be enchantresses like their mother at the beginning of deliverance, Ichabod was unexpectedly home. I'm speculating here it was a memory sparked dream. Since he was on unexpected leave, was it really Ichabod in that memory? Mm. Under the unable to reconcile uh, column, Ichabod's blood killing the golem. This never made any sense to me if Jeremy were injured in an attack and the same blade injured the golem, it dies. What kind of protection is that? Not very good. Yeah. Um, unless Jeremy killed it with a spell to further endear himself to the witness as a man with answers. Since the golem was given life by a spell, maybe it could only be killed by a spell. In conclusion, Jeremy was not Ichabod's son. He was Moloch's. That's pretty cool. And creepy. <laughs> but cool. Jeremy and was creepy. <laughs> Jeremy was a lot less powerful after Moloch was gone. Moloch protected him every time he was in danger, treated Jeremy like a son. Moloch allowed Jeremy to be buried and kept him alive to cultivate the hatred. If Gollum was powerful enough to kill the four who see as one, why not save Jeremy then? Because Moloch had the Gollum in purgatory. When Jeremy screwed up, Moloch disciplined him like a son. Moloch favored Jeremy over the horsemen of death at every term, even though Abraham was a much better servant. And Jeremy called him father. Even if Jeremy was speaking symbolically when he said Moloch was his true father. Yep. It was a superb irony that he set out to kill his father and unknowingly did. Damn, son. Ichabod has said that he came to terms with the death of Katrina, yet he stayed away. What kept him away? Habit? Maybe. If they find the above to be true, it's just a theory. Maybe Abraham will tell him we might even get Ichabod openly weeping. The last barrier between Abby and Ichabod will be removed. Abby did not kill Ichabod's son. And now, blank. (coughs) And a smiley face. And in closing, he says, I agree that the plan to capture the Banshee wasn't, was pretty lame. In fact, <laughs> Wiley Coyote would have come up with a better plan than that. Yeah. And it would have involved dynamite. From the acne. Yeah. Place on the jiggers. So I, let me double check our Twitter. Because Kim had some stuff today, but uh, stuff to say, but I think it was about Gotham this time. If I remember. Okay, no, no. She does does Gotham. There's other stuff. Okay. Uh, There's one thing. She says, incommunicado. Re-incommunicado. Is it possible the symbol design is the source of power and the metal is a representation? Mm. Because, so, I'm guessing what she's asking is if they were to use the symbol, to continue to use the symbol itself... Does it matter that it was that actual medallion, or could they use the symbol? Oh, like like create another own. one. Yeah, was the symbol the power, or was it the metal? The metal was just a representation of the symbol. That's a good point. Could they manifest another symbol? I don't know. I don't know. Because, and that was that was one thing that kind of bugged me the more I think about it, because Pandora says it was used to imprison him before. 
Was it the exact same medallion? Well, it was, it appears to be a one-time use only thing because it it was destroyed when they broke the spell. Okay. So it seems to me that you could create another one because if the first one was destroyed, okay, who made this second one? Where did it come from? That begets the question: What the fuck was the Jersey Devil doing with it? Exactly. And how did he get it? And where did that one come from? Yeah. Because if he's holding a symbol of the enemy of the Hidden One that could be used against the Hidden One, why was it just laying out on a workbench? Mm-hmm. So, Brain ouchies. It's a good question, though. It is. A, it's a very good question. So she has some other things to say about this week's episode, but we'll get to those. So I, that's all of the pre-feedback. Okay. All right. You ready? Yeah. Okay, uh, this was directed by Paul A. Edwards, who also directed Lesser Key of Solomon, Necromancer, The Kindred, Spellcaster, Uh Temple Fugit, Tempest Fugit, and Into the Woods. Wild. I like the Lesser Key of Solomon. You said writer? Director. Director. Okay. Um, Also directed uh, the uh, the Mask and the Anvil or the Hammer episodes of Gotham and our Tracks episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Wow. And the Hunter episode of, cast Hunter episode of Supernatural. So we've talked about this guy before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was written by three people. Sam Charlson. The three who speak as one? <laughs> the three who speak as one. <laughs> <laughs> I mi- man, they were cool. I wish they wouldn't have gotten killed. Yeah. Um, Sam Charlson, Nelson Greaves, and Lee Dana Jackson. Mm. And uh, Sam Charlson and Nelson Greaves both wrote on Dark Mirror. Um they wrote on a lot of other episodes, like a butt ton of episodes that I'm not going to list out. Um, but Lee Dana Jackson also wrote on Novus Ordo Seclorum, a um, couple episodes of Alcatraz, Tomorrow People. So she's she's in the genre. Okay. So I, I thought they did a pretty good job considering they were like, okay, here's all this shit you have to fit in. Go. <laughs> that was a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. Um. So we start off and the hidden one's there and he sucks. And um, it's it's basically where we left off last episode. He's talking to Pandy, and um, he's like, "It's my own fault. I let you become too familiar with me." And uh, you know, because such you're the a human. abuser menthol- mentality. Oh my god, it was awful. Like it this this scene was so squeaky for me. And um, he's like, you know, you're just a human. And um, he we find out like he's talking to her while she's underwater. He is actually torturing her. So, my question is, um, does this void the warranty on the pedal vision? I think it does. Okay. This was not an intended I, this use. This is not an intended use. So. Yeah, so he's drowning her in the pool, and um, he pulls her out with his power, and she's like, I didn't betray you. And he's like, yeah, funny story, I don't believe you. <laughs> and uh, Pandora's like, no, 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 like, I'm the one that got Abby to help us. I got the witness to help. And he's like, uh, that's the only reason you're alive. And that I'm going to continue this later, but right now I'm tired and he's going to stare at his hourglass. And I'm like, you are literally torturing your consort wife, whatever, your your beloved. I'm like, yeah, you're a pretty shitty person. Yeah, he is. If I didn't like you before. But notice Pandora res- re- re- refers to him as my lord. Not, Not my love, my beloved. Love. Yeah, yeah. Um, she sees which way the wind is blowing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so we go to, um, we go to Abby's house and Abby's in the kitchen with Jenny and they're having a little chat and they get a knock and it's, it's Ezra Mills. And 
She thinks it's Crane who's forgotten his key again, which I yes. thought was adorable. It was adorable. But did she not, like, see him through the window before she opened the door? Yeah. I mean, because I totally look, well, I w- unless. I know. I was like, oh, look, it's Ezra. Because it's just frosted glass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so um, she's like, come on in. And he's like, I was on my way to somewhere and stupid. But I found some. I, yeah, I found some old stuff of you guys um, when you were kids. And so start looking through um, pictures and stuff like that. And Abby keeps um, Abby keeps bringing up these things that Jenny's like, I don't remember that. I was too young to remember that. Okay. I don't remember that. Jenny is totally being a typical little sister. Yeah, this she is. is. This is the younger sister mentality. I am a younger sister. I, I was going to say, like, you I, know. Like recognizes like. Yeah, okay. I would totally be Jenny in this scenario. Yeah. Yeah. So the whole the whole attitude that she's given, I'm like, yeah, I get that. Yeah. But I think it's interesting because Ezra makes a point of saying, like, no relationship can survive secrets. He does too many secrets. Uh-huh. So hint. Yeah. But like every time mm-hmm. he tries he tries to like he shows them a picture of their mom and Jenny's like, Oh uh he was like he was like, Your mom was always so beautiful and she's like, And then you left her. And then you left. So like I totally get where Jenny's coming from and Abby's just like, This is awkward. Um and so this is when Ichabod comes back and it's awesome because it's like meet my dad okay so the burger king has been trampled and it's now the colonel and i'm like okay so they're not talking about and yet they are talking about burger king and And kfc KFC. yeah but what he's carrying is totally not a kfc package it's not it's not like bojangles or something (laughs) it's great um and so ichabod's like he's going on this rant and then he's like and we're not alone hi how are you And so, does he not look like a startled guy? Like, oh shit, I'm meeting my girl's father. Yes, it and he great. like wipes his hands off and drops everything. Yes, and it's he great. does. Um, and I thought this was interesting that um, he tells Ichabod to take care of his daughter. Mm-hmm. He recognized. He recognized, and yeah, then he, he leaves. And Abby's like, "Okay, you didn't miss anything." And Ichabod doesn't. Like, that was Jenny. Oh, okay. Jenny said you didn't miss anything. And I thought it was interesting because as you we were talking about this in the car a little while ago, you were like, he doesn't press. Ichabod's like, whatever happened just happened. Okay, you want some KFC? <laughs> yeah. So like he's not all like nosy nosy about it, which Joe would have been. Yes, he would have. Yeah. We'll get into that more later. Yeah. So this is when uh Ichabod goes back to the archive and um he goes Why? down. I don't, know. There? I don't know. I don't know. With that's a where shoulder he... bag full of stuff? I don't know. Because he was going down to the Masonic cell. Why? I don't know. Okay. Maybe he's... I don't know. I got nothing. <laughs> and he finds Pandy there. And da, he's da, like, da. bitch, what are you doing? And she's like, hey, hey, I'm looking for a fix. You got any more in my box? <laughs> and it's just like, oh, okay. Anyway. um, And so she she wants to know where Abby is. And Ichabod's like, I ain't telling you shit. And he points a gun at her. And Pandora's like, listen, I need the fragments because I need my box. Because it's the only one that's going to stop the hidden one. And uh, she's like, y'all all going to be dead if you don't help me. 48 hours. Yep. And um, she says that the box can be regenerated if it is taken back to the catacombs. Okay, okay wait, wait. I know, she I know. Says, she says it can't be repaired. But it can be regenerated. Uh, There's a... 
whatever. It's just, it's so convenient magic, right? This is, okay, you know how Jim on uh, Game of Thrones bitches about magic and how there's no rules? Just right? Yes. No this rules is exactly right. what he's bitching exactly. about. I agree. Because I bitch about this too. Like this There's makes no, no preset fucking sense. rules to the magic in It just this becomes, world. oh, okay, we, I can't write. We got, How can I write something like this? Uh, magic magic. We got a glimmer of some rules when Katrina first came back. Stateside? No. When she was trying Time, to regenerate her to powers. Current, whatever. When Katrina came to the real it was world. The, it was the Solomon Kane episode. Yeah. Um, we got a or hint can't. of magic rules there, but it's still, it's gone straight out the window. Yeah. Um, Pandora also finally names the tree. Oh, she does. It's called the Tree of Fear. Tree of Fear. Okay. So I went and did tried to look up the Tree of Fear. Yeah. To see what kind of mythos we could possibly come. I Nothing. Yeah. The only thing I could find was that uh, dendrophobia is the fear of trees i don't think that's it so yeah it's just the tree of fear yeah they made that shit up and so she's saying since the tree got destroyed they it's can't not the tree of life that would be the tree of fear yeah so, yeah the tree of life got destroyed so they killed it they, ki- they killed they the, killed tree, the of tree of life they killed the tree of fear or life she says tree of does she she said you killed the tree of fear oh. so we can't get to the catacombs that way how is the tree of fear door like I, that doesn't make any sense anyway um, I don't make the rules. In fact, nobody, nobody does. Um, and so she's like, yeah, you killed the tree door, so you suck. And uh, But we have to find a way back. And Ichabod, this is when he has a little, the little light, light bulb moment of Betsy Ross's cutlass was there. So Bessie was there. So there must be a way to get back that I don't know about. And so I'm just like, and it was so funny because you and I were both texting each other. You know what this fucking means. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so this is when we go to the FBI gym, and Abby's on the treadmill, and then she gets off the treadmill, and then Reynolds is there, and uh, she turns off his treadmill, and she's like, "Listen," which is rude, by the way, super rude. And she's like, "Listen, I know there's some stuff I haven't told you, but I'm ready to tell you, and let's we should talk." And just as she starts to like, she's gonna start, which telling him in a public place like that is horrible. I don't um, think she was actually going to start telling him there. Oh, you thought he was just the laying the groundwork was, yeah. for let's go have a talk. Let's go have a let's let's discuss this. Okay. Well, she gets a text from Ichabod, and he's all shouty in capitals, wanting her to come to the archive, and so she's like, "Ah," uh, and he's like, "Let me guess, you have to take this, and you can't tell me why." Okay, you'll talk to me when you're ready. And so yeah, I was like, okay, we dodged a bullet there. Okay, so um, I have a beef with this scene. Okay, as someone who visits a gym six days a week. Because mm-hmm. I do. Um, not only did Abby leave her towel mm-hmm. on her treadmill, she did not wipe the machine down. Oh, that's rude. That's rude. That's really rude. That's rude. The gym would, that's just, would have words with that's her. That's just really bad etiquette. It is bad you etiquette. You wipe down the machine. Yeah. When you're done. Just, it bothered me. Yeah. Um, and so this is when... Um, Abby heads over to the archives. Oh, oh. Uh, also, I tried to keep up with the forty-eight hours oh, in the did? timeline, and it was like daylight the whole time we're watching the rest of this episode. Yeah, there there so were no markers or whatever. No, no. Um, and so Ichabod's like, "Hey, talk to Pandy." Uh, forty-eight so hours what? before you know humanity gets destroyed, which I call this into question because I think what I texted you during our watch long was like, "Wait a minute, let me get this straight." 
He's been bitching about not having enough power for God knows how long. Hasn't been doing shit. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden he can destroy humanity in 48 hours because he gets pissed off at his wife. Yeah, you texted me. You said, what happens at sundown? And I responded with, the sun goes Goes down. down? I I, don't know. You can't. He's immortal. Like, I I just, this, and it goes back to this whole, I have power. You have power. I'm going to share your power with you. And God, I wish I had power. And how can I get more power? I'm weary. Yeah. Not 10 minutes ago, he was weary. And now he's going to destroy the planet in 48 hours. Yeah. Maybe the crock pot goes off. Maybe his timer is done. Is that when his pizza's free? Ding! 48 hours or your pizza's free. Fries are done. (laughs) So Abby's like, yeah, that sounds made up. Um, (laughs) It is what she said. I heard her. It was in the closed captions. And Ichabod's like, no, but like, I think we have to go back to the catacombs. But it, but like, if you don't want to go back there, that's, you know, that's your decision. It's your call. I won't. He says, I won't proceed. If yeah. you don't. If you don't, yeah, agree. For once. Yeah. Instead of just, hey, I redrew this map. I'm still bitter about that, like, two seasons later. Totally. Um, And so he's like, but he explains to her that he's like. I'm telling you that map on the wall at the catacombs is going to come back into play. But he's like, he's like, uh, so I think Betsy was there and da-da-da-da-da because she got the Eye of Providence and that's how they won the Paul war. Paul Revere and-, and Betsy Ross and Christmas Day 1776. Yeah, because that was the last time he saw her. Um, they were on the Delaware and I was like, oh shit, I know where this is going. And, um, so, uh, I think Abby said something about like, I'm sure you were involved in that. And he was like, no, Washington, (laughs) Washington made me stay behind and I didn't agree with that. And he said he was on the, he was on the, um, the coast of the river and he watched them, but he could only watch them so long because it was so foggy. And Abby's like, was it a mystical fog? <laughs> and he was like, I, I think, think it was. And so this is when they're like, okay, Washington wasn't crossing the Delaware. He was going to the catacombs with his with his crew. Okay. So if I can just interject some history here. Can we rename the painting? Yes. The crossing of the catacombs. Yes. Um, which we can get to the painting in and of itself shortly. Yeah. So because they're totally wrong about it. Awesome. Um, yeah. So, uh, I have found nothing on Paul Revere being anywhere near the Delaware River on Christmas Day. Okay. Or Betsy Ross. Um, in fact... That's because it was a secret. Right. In fact, I found a passage on... I don't remember which Wikipedia entry I found this on, but it said there's speculation that Betsy was the quote... It might have been Betsy Ross's. Was the quote, beautiful young widow who distracted Carl von Dunop... In Mount Holly, New Jersey, after the Battle of Ironworks Hill, thus keeping his forces out of the crucial turning of the tide Battle of Trenton during Christmas 1776. So Betsy Ross was reportedly Supposedly. nowhere near. Yeah, there. There. Um, and, and this is in which he was, which the mercenary Hessens were defeated after the famous crossing of the Delaware River. Mm. So there's which that. Which actually fits into her character in this show. Just a little bit. Um, but yeah, I could find no reference of Paul Revere and Betsy Ross's paths ever even crossing. Yeah. But whatever. So then this begets the question, does this mean that Washington went to the catacombs too? That's what it, that's what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Why didn't they find more stuff? Why only Betsy's cutlass? Because it was left, that was the only thing left behind. I can see that. I don't know. To help them escape, she used it in the tree stump for them to get away. To climb down. But then where did she go? Does this mean we're not going to see her anymore? 
I hope so. Because he never saw her Because he, he, yeah, he says, I never saw her again, which kind of made it sound like she was lost, but like she wasn't there. So, I, shit, I don't know. Um, so I did want to remind people, as many of us have, as many people have, they can talk to us. Yes. Uh, they can email us at randomtpodcasts at gmail.com. Or you can get us on Twitter at randomtcasts. Or on the Tumble at randomtpodcast.tumblr.com. Or on the Facebook at facebook.com slash randomtpodcasts. Or, or. Or, or, or. If you don't want to literally remember any of that, you can just go to randomtpodcast.com and you can get links to all that. Yep. You have to scroll all the way down, but it's there. Yep. It's there. Um. So, you know what uh, What else they can find on our website? What? All our other podcasts. We have other podcasts. We do, really? like a lot of them. I didn't know. Yeah, you've just been <laughs> you've just been sleepwalking Sleeping, through. Yeah, pretty much. Wow, that's pretty impressive. All right, been almost a year. <laughs> God, has it been that long? Almost. Shit. Yeah. Um. So we also do uh, Gotham. Yes. And sleep. Uh, this, this is, is sleep. Sleepy Hollow. Shit. <laughs> uh, we also we finished up Agent Carter season two. Yes. Recently. Hopefully there will be a season three. Um. We finished. We're working on uh, Agents of Shield right now. Yeah. Uh, random movies. Yeah. And Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. Yeah. Did I miss anything? Mm, no. No. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. All right. Um. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, so check out those podcasts, too. And if you like what you're hearing, we would ask that you leave us a rating and a review on whatever site you're listening to us on. iTunes, Stitcher, or Pocket Casts. We would appreciate it. Or you can can even pop, you can, uh, unlike me who can't talk. It's a good thing you're podcasting right now. I know, right? You can even directly comment on the posts on our website, should you wish to. Yes, yes, you can. That is a thing you can do. Yes, that is true facts. Um, and another thing that I can actually find on our website is a link to our sponsor. And I'm going to make you say it today. Unofficial Natural Fandom Fragrances? <gasps> yeah. We got a package in today from we them. We did. We are actually, um, if anybody is listening that's going to be at 221BCon, we are actually giving away a butt ton of oomph product. And there will be a special limited edition fragrance called 221B. There's only 10 of them available. That's awesome. Half of them are with us. And yeah. Half of them will be available on their website starting April, right after the con, April 4th. Yeah. And um, I'm not going to say what the new scents are that we that they're letting us test. Mm. But they made one for each of us. And we're testing it to see if, you know, we like them. We do. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm sitting here smelling it. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was very exciting. Yeah. So, uh, what they are is they are fragrance sprays. They're not perfumes. They're um, really high quality essential oils suspended in water, and they smell like your favorite character. They really do. For example, Han Solo. Oh, smells like freaking spaceship engine oil. If you ask me, it's so good. It's yeah. Oh, let's oh see. yeah, you have it right, right here. here. It's uh, sandalwood, vetiver, and lang lang. Uh-huh. Uh, it's aromatherapy benefit is balance. Mm-hmm. Um, it smells good. It does smell good. <laughs> I don't know about balance, but it smells good. But they have so many phantoms, you guys. They have, uh, as we mentioned, Star Wars, Sherlock, Doctor Who, Supernatural, Disney Princesses, Nightmare Before Christmas, Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Pokemon, um, now they have Marvel, they have, they have Harry Potter, um, they have 
Joker and Harley from from DC, mm-hmm. Wonder Woman from DC, like mm-hmm. just a crazy amount of phantoms are represented. And they, I'm telling you, they smell like you, like you go, oh yeah, that's what they would smell. That's like. what that, yeah, exactly. Um, it's great. Yeah. On Solo is currently one of our. Oh no, I don't know. I think this one, my new one. Yeah. I think that might be my new favorite. Like I don't know that. We're allowed to name them, but... Yeah, they're not officially announced yet, so we probably I shouldn't. hope they bundle them together. I know which two they should bundle together, because uh-huh. I am trash for it. Yeah, you are. Yeah, I am. Okay, if that didn't give it away, I don't know what would. Um. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. So, do check them out. We have a coupon code on our website that is Random Tea Podcast no S, and that'll get you 10% off an order of $5 or more. I got it right. Yay. And this might be a little early to mention it, but they will be going on maternity leave near the end of April. And the shop will close. Yes. For a short period of time while they welcome a new member of the family. Yeah. But they are releasing new sprays the first week of April. Yeah. Because they're cool like that. They are cool like that. So, yeah. And they're great. And we love them. And they will even work on a custom scent for you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, these bottles start, they're two ounce bottles. They come amber. They're spray bottles. Um, I haven't had a problem with one of the sprayers yet. And I've got like 15 of these fuckers. I, I did with one. Really? The pump wouldn't. It wouldn't. It just would like stick. But I mean, it's not bad problem, but just yeah. it would stick and you'd have to let it pop back up. But and I mean, that's one out of like how many? And they package them really well. Oh God, these are not going to break. No, they're not going to break and ship. Like we said, they literally sent us. God, 20 or more yeah something sprays, like that and they were bundled up in so much bubble wrap yeah they're not gonna bust um, yeah and even if they leak a little it's only a little yeah no big deal they're great i love them yeah um and they also do samples yes they, don't they commit do to a scent they do these cutest little 70 cent sample jars they're adorable i gotta show you one yeah because they sent us yeah because we've got some for the con they're so cute they're like this big that's adorable so um but yeah 10 percent off five dollars or more link to their website everything right there Check them out. Good smells. So we go back to uh, our, our witness friends, and they've brought in Joe and Jenny. And uh, they're looking, <laughs> which I thought it was very, uh, it was very convenient that the uh, painting of Washington crossing the Delaware is like 10 feet well, tall on their wall. As, as, as I was reading, um, one of the, the writers, I can't remember which, which write, particular writer it was, um, not the one from this episode. He mentioned that, uh, yeah, that painting's been on the wall of the archives for three years, and we're finally getting around to bringing it to the story. But I think that's good, though. Like, I would have been pissed off if they would have panned to a wall that we never see and been like, oh, by the way. Like, that would have pissed me off. That painting's been there for years. Yeah. Um, and so it turns out that the painting was based off of an eyewitness account from John Sullivan, who was a Mason, and she's already shaking her head, so I'm going to get finished with this paragraph and then let her go. Um, and so Ichabod's up there with, like, uh, a magnifying glass, and he's like... The little goggles. Oh, God, he's such a dork. I love him so much. And he's like... And this is when I'm just like, oh, Jesus Christ. So, apparently Betsy's in the picture, but she's done up as a man because he notices, like, the hat, and he's like... um, the guy must have assumed from the notes that Betsy was a man because, you know, she wasn't dressed in all, like, skirts and shit. And he's like, um, and then we get a diddly-doo, of what he remembers happened right before they left. Okay, so here's what really happened. Okay, not um, that. Not that. 
Um, it was actually painted by that dude. That dude that they said it was. Emmanuel. Uh, this guy was born in Germany in 1816, moved to America as a child, but returned to Germany to study art in 1840. With a strong belief in liberal democracy, he painted this American Revolution scene to inspire German reformers. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. When his first painting of Washington's Crossing became popular in Europe, he sent the second huge version to the United States in 1851. It became an instant success with more than 50,000 people coming to see it. Today, it is owned by the Metropolitan Museum of Art. So what you're telling me is it's fan art. Pretty much, It's yeah. really good fan art. Yeah. Okay. Nice, nice. Um, there are, and I've, I have a link to the this particular website talking about it. Um, there are so many inaccuracies in this painting. Um, the boat in and of itself is much smaller than the Durham boats that they actually used. Okay. Um, da, 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 da. Yeah, because they make it look like a damn rowboat. Yeah, it does. But it's to, it's it was made it was an artistic choice to make the characters look bigger. Exactly. Um, George Washington seems much older in the painting than others of him that were painting from life right around this period. He's wearing his Continental Army uniform, tricorn hat, boots, and a red-lined cape. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, that's okay. Okay, the men. Okay. Twelve diverse, determined soldiers, including Washington, crowd the main boat. They wear clothing distinctive to their regions. In addition to Washington, another Virginian and future president who may represent Lieutenant James Monroe holds the flag. Oh, interesting. That is specifically, they believe, to be Betsy James Ross. Monroe. Western <laughs> They're all Betsy Ross. Yes. Western frontiersmen guide the boat. A man wearing a Scotch hat rose. Is he a recent immigrant? An African-American rose on the far side. He could represent one of the Massachusetts seamen who played an important role in ferrying the army back and forth across the, the river. Uh, Lutzis was an ardent abolitionist. Thank you. God dang it. <laughs> um, a hatless figure in a man. Okay, this is where I have an issue. Okay. A hatless figure in a man's red shirt is rowing. There were women on Washington's ration list, and some historians guess that this figure could be a woman. So... Why is Betsy Ross Monroe and not the one who could possibly be historically be a the woman. woman? Why did they choose to make it the because he was holding the flag? Yeah. I honestly think there that's what no it was. There was no reason for them to twist it that way. They could have just left it that this who is rumored to have actually been a woman. Well, plus they had to make the hot might be a woman like more shocking. Yeah. I don't know. Um Farmers huddle in blankets and broad rim hats. One holds a double-barreled rifle. By this time, the war, many of Washington's army no longer had shoes and wrapped their bleeding, freezing feet in leg in rags. Yeah, it was um, brutal at this point. Yeah, it was. So um, the flag that's in the painting, a circle of stars in a blue field and red and white stripes represents the unity of the states, but it was not designed until 1777. Really? That's because it was designed for the secret part of the war that you didn't know about. The uh, the f If they were to have carried any flag across the Delaware, it probably would have been the Grand Union flag. Okay. Are you familiar with which one's the Grand Union flag? Nope. It's the one that kind of looks like the Stars and Stripes, but instead of where the stars are, it has Union Jack. Oh, okay. That version, the Grand, okay. the Grand Union flag. Okay. It's more likely to have been the one that they would have carried. So I think, honestly, when they said that it was based on this Mason's recollection of events, 
they glossed over all that crap by, but the Mason wanted us to put this detail in. But General John Sullivan was, in fact, a Mason. Okay, well, that's something. While he's never, he's not directly connected to this painting, which was actually just fan art for the Germans. Right, right. Hey, hey, awesome. That's awesome. But they had to tie it to a Mason somehow. Uh, right. And and I think that glossed over any, like, inaccuracies with, haha, no, the Mason said it had to be there. That's why. That's why it's inaccurate. That's why it's a wrong flag, because the Mason said it had to be this flag. Poor Monroe got totally left out of this episode. Poor Monroe. Poor Monroe. Uh, wah, wah. Okay. Anyway. So, yeah. So, that's... So we but get the fact that there was supposedly a woman in the painting. That's pretty cool. That could not have. But there was also, um, I believe, uh, a, a Native American, mm-hmm. I think, is supposedly in the painting. Um, there's several. I mean, I'm telling you, if you have not looked at this, like actually looked at this painting, go and look it up online and look at it. It's really interesting. That's kind of cool. Um, So we get a flashback and you and I are both like, oh, God, you know, it's no. coming. And it's Betsy. Um. And so Ichabod's basically bitching to her. He's like, He's I, a don't, bitch, baby. I don't get to go on the mission. And she's like, listen, um, this is too, this is too risky of a journey for you. Um, and, uh, you know, she's like, listen, look at this, look at this pretty flag I made. And he's like, oh, it's, it's so glorious and beautiful. Well, and it, he gl- mentions, it shines like the stars. Well, and he mentions using the five-pointed stars instead of six. And he says the use of the five-pointed stars, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. They're actually, I believe in the original design, they wanted six-pointed stars. But oh, really? In, in in the story, because Betsy Ross is, did not necessarily actually make the flag, by the yeah, way. Yeah, a lot of that's just fanning. Yeah. Um, but uh, the story goes that originally they wanted six-pointed stars, but Betsy convinced them to make five-pointed stars because it was easier for her to cut out. Oh, okay. Right on. Easier to yeah. make, I guess. I don't know. Now it feels like six-pointed stars would look goofy. So Betsy gets very emotional about this flag. She does. This could be my greatest achievement. And Ichabod's like, nah. Nah. You won't just be remembered for the flag. But she's very emotional about this flag. She is very emotional about this which flag. Which made no sense the first time, but in the rewatch, you're like, oh. Now that you know, yeah. Betsy be working some magic. Yeah. Because they have no rules. No, they have no rules. Anybody can do anything at this point. Um, And so this is no when. Moss. Yeah, no moss. So this is when Ichabod's like, oh, like Betsy went with them and she, she, cause she said at first, like, well, Washington didn't ask me to go either. Didn't ask her to go. Yeah. Did she sneak on board? No, I think he ordered her to go. He didn't ask. Oh. She was ordered cause she was a good soldier. And so, um. Well, we all know why Ichabod didn't go. Yeah. Cause he was a precious, precious pancake they, that had to be protected because. They, exactly. <laughs> literally everybody knew but him. Um. And so he thinks he thinks that uh, that Betsy was was lying to him to save him from worrying, and so Abby's like, um, Abby mentioned something about gold thread, and this is when they start talking about the connection to Orpheus. Um, she talks about that. She says that she did some digging um, um, on, into Orpheus's legend after mm-hmm. they talked. You know, with the the Lydian, yeah, the jug jug that actually means nothing. Yeah. She says that um, the way Orpheus got into Hades was with his lyre. Yeah. Which is true. Which is true. And she says um, 
that the thread was made from gold. Yeah. No, 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 no. The thread was actually from the from the Minotaur maze the business. The wire itself was gold. Okay. But they had to find some way to tie the lyre back to back to the gold thread used yeah. in the flag and it my brain hurts at this point. Yeah, cuz the thread was the thread was to get through the to get through the um uh the labyrinth with the Minotaur and that's a completely different myth. Um <laughs> but Ichabod's like Ha ha! Yes, it was sewn into the flag because it has something to do with catac- with the catacombs, and um, because apparently the catacombs is in fact Hades. I I'll, we can talk about that later. And so he's like, oh, but the last time he saw it, it was with Paul Revere, and so they're like, oh, well, it totally must be at Paul Revere's house. Joe, yeah, is so they okay? The boys get so nerdy. They and it's great. It's great. So so nerdy. Um, and so <laughs> they're like, "Well, let's go because they they there's a revolutionary era flag in the inventory of stuff at the house." Okay, so I found Paul Revere's house. It's where they say it is. Yeah, but I found no way of finding what is in the house. Yeah, like they don't just inventory that shit and put it online no. for people. Mm-mm. But I did find the house. Yeah, my parents have been there. Oh, yeah. I was on the one of the trips it's, they um, took without me when I was a kid, and I'm still bitter about it. Hmm, it's paulreverehouse.org. Okay. Um, and so this is when... Um, it looks right, though. I don't know if I does can it turn look my right? computer to show you the house. Oh, yeah, that does look it right. Looks, yeah. Cool. I'll link it. Um, and so this is when uh, Abby and Ichabod are like, okay, well, you guys go and we'll meet you there. And um, they're going to go, they're going to go to Paul Revere's house. And so they get there. And <laughs> the curator's conveniently there as well. Um... <laughs> Why are you bouncing? You know why. You're bouncing. Um, Keep reading. You'll know why. You'll yeah, get there. Uh, there's just like this weird mention of this thing that I like. It's going to be really obscure and nobody's going to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> there's apparently this musical about like Alexander Hamilton. Because <laughs> the curator's like, oh, we've, we've actually had a lot of a lot of business lately. People are more interested in American history. And um, you just recently listened to Hamilton for the first time. I actually started listening to Hamilton just this last week because... We've both been avoiding it because we knew we would get sucked into it. I... And, well... And you are. We're going to this... I hate to say it, but I kind of am. Not to the extent that some people are, though. Yeah. Um, it's just really catchy. Yeah. So there, we know there's going to be a lot of it at the con that we're going to this weekend. So I figured I should at least know a little bit about it. Yeah. So I started listening to it and I was literally was going to mention it on this podcast anyway. Yeah. That if you have not listened to um, the soundtrack to the Hamilton musical, which you can find on Amazon Prime and you can find it for free on Spotify. Yeah. I do suggest you listen to it. Yeah. Um, I believe it's been described as a hip hop type music. Mm-hmm. Um. It's really catchy. It is. It's take- I've got the Alexander Hamilton song in my head. That's because I made you watch... The Batman one. Batman version, which is on YouTube, and you really should see that, too. Um, it's It'll get it'll get under your skin. Yeah. And just... and But it's strangely accurate. There are some inaccuracies to yeah. it. But if you are a fan of American Revolution era anything... Yeah. You really should listen to it. And it's just good music. Yeah. It was really cool that they put a shout out to it um because Ichabod has a little thing and he's like <laughs> Alexander Hamilton had a horrible singing voice that's the reason he wrote pamphlets because nobody wanted to hear he his wrote voice so many 
pamphlets. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. So I thought that was cool. Um, and so oh, is- and the the same writer from before, whose name like, Webb is it? Joe Webb. That sounds right. Be? Um, he said, okay, there's your Hamilton shout out. People can stop asking us when we're going to do it. <laughs> I honestly want to see Ichabod's reaction to the actual show, though. I know, right? Like that, yeah. Anyway, um, and so this is when Abby's like, hey, we're here for the FBI for some nebulous reason that I'm not going to explain to you. Or um, anybody. Yeah, and so he's going to clear the house for him, and, and so he leaves, and Abby's talking to uh, Crane, and she's like, yeah, so, you know, she starts mentioning her dad and that she's starting to make some progress. Um, and she starts talking about change. And she's like, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell Reynolds about this whole thing. Because uh, if we have a chance of something more together, then I need to tell him the truth. And I'm like, I don't know where this more business came from, Mm-mm. but whatever. Um, and so the curator then comes back and he, he lets him in and um, this is when they see the flag um, over a fireplace and it's not the right flag um, because Ichabod is a total sewing nerd and he knows that the stitching that, that he is so offended. Yeah, he's like, that's not something Betsy would have used. I don't know if he's a nerd about the stitching or if he's a nerd about Betsy Ross, but whatever. Could be both. Um, and so both this is, is when. This is when um, they're like, okay, well, it's, let's, you know, they, they find out that uh, the, um, there's smoke everywhere. There's something wrong with the furnace. Okay. Or the, I, the, the forge. I, ser- when the smoke comes up out of the fireplace, yeah. I seriously wanted there to be a secret passage in the fireplace to somewhere, not down in the forge. Yeah. You were like, please, I was, please. I let wanted there be a-, a secret passage. Yeah, you did. You did. Maybe they just weren't thorough enough and it was there and it would have been easy for we'll them. We'll get it later. It's okay. Um, and so they go down the basement and the curator's like, oh my gosh, somebody turned the forge on and I can't turn it off and look at all the smoke and I've got to call the fire department. Oh dear. And y'all need to get out of here. And this is when Abby puts her hands on the wall and she's like, they're scorching. So let as me she touch cont- it some more. As she continues to touch it. And um, this is when a melty corpse uh, reanimates itself through the door and of course they try to shoot it and it doesn't work because that's every monster they come up with. I would, I would really love a monster that one week and they're just like, wow, I actually shot it and it died. I know. right? <laughs> like what are the odds? Um, and so Ichabod, uh, does get it. Uh, he, he rams it through with a pipe and gets it back. And so they're able to run off. I and have then, so many problems with this scene. And then this creature, like, it's going to chase after them, but then it, like, turns into a molten pile of goo. Okay, so first of all, I was hoping it was, like, the death slash kindred head yeah. monster. Yeah, because it kind of looked like that. I was kind of hoping. It's a little too meaty for that, though. Yeah. so A little too juicy. And um, the fact that Abby and Ichabod just ran... Leaving this monster, we've got the the curator is still there. The fire department's Who on their way. What other public figures? I didn't even think about that way. And they're just going to run away. Yeah, run away. Run away. Um, also, Ichabod is driving. Yeah, that was nice. That was very nice. Mm. Aww. So as they're driving away, Ichabod's like uh, again. He brings out his nerd skill, and he's like, "Oh, the it was wearing uh, a uniform of the." Um, Virginia of the 8th Virginia Regiment and um, he's like oh yeah a few of them 
like disobeyed orders and they escaped this certain battle. And this is when the sisterhood um, used to take care of the of the traitors. And they think it got turned into the Eternal Soldier as punishment. So I could find nothing on Eternal Soldier. Okay. Uh, outside of this anime series. Okay. Which could have been just a weird translation. Um, but the 8th Virginia Regiment was at the Battle of Montmouth. Okay. Montmouth. Uh, whatever the fuck Montmouth. They were there. Okay. Um, but what he says about people disobeying orders, I couldn't really find anything about that. Is this like a colonial version of the Winter Soldier? I guess. Um, but they do mention the uh, the coven of the Radiant Heart Coven. They do. Which was an interesting callback because we haven't heard from them in a while. And Franklin. Yeah. Yeah, Franklin, we got a lot Franklin of mentions his, of a lot of people. Franklin and his dead bodies, man. I know. Like, I'm, Franklin was he, a weird dude. It scares me. Um, And so this is when they're like, they, they uh, huge logic leap. Paul Revere assigned the Eternal Soldier to guard the flag. And so now it so thinks. So Paul Revere had some serious power. Apparently, and so now it thinks that they were after the flag, which they were. And so it's going to hunt them down. Well, he is a Mason. He would know these things because apparently it's a Mason thing. Yeah. I'm like, whatever. Just leave it. Um, And so this is when we go back to um, Joe and Jenny. And um, Jenny is Googling the candy shop that Ezra bought them taffy at. Downtown Browns. Yep. And she's like, oh, yeah. He wouldn't even remember that pink's my favorite kind. And yada, da, da, da. And um, she's just really not not in a good place with him being back in their lives and um this is when jenny looks at her phone and and abby's like hey look it's the counterfeit flag and joe looks starts looking at the the pattern of the holes and he's like these are too regular and so it's it's a cipher and it gives them the couple notes the first couple notes of the star spangled banner what did you do to piss that cat off Nothing. You were fucking with her, weren't you? She started it. She started it. Notice mine is on my lap, well-behaved, loving me, petting him. Yeah, this one's the 16-year-old that thinks she's two. Yeah. Um. So, anyway, and now she won't let me leave her alone. I'm trying to leave her alone. Do you see? Yeah, uh-huh. She's scaring me now. Anyway, um, you can always tell whose house we're recording at. Yeah, you can. Dogs versus cats. It's okay. All right, you have to get down now. Thank you. Okay, so um, at least Joe has a musical background, uh, is pre-established. I was thinking that too, because I was like, okay, at least that's not a huge leap. That's, and uh, he, uh, he asks the question, why does the flag have stripes? Yeah. You know, I kind of looked into that. Mm-hmm. Nobody really knows. Really? There is a theory Yeah. that Washington's coat of arms... You know, nobody really does coat of arms anymore. Yeah. I think it's a lost art. I have a shot glass with, with the, my family's yeah. coat of arm crest on it. It's yeah. the green... It's Irish. It's yeah. green. Um, of course it is. And it's for liquor. Yeah. Well, Irish. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> I knew you um, were my people. Which I knew roughly what my family's coat of arms was anyway. Um and also from my mother's family, they're Scottish, so I'm familiar yeah. with our um, plaid. Oh, your tartan. Our tartan, yeah, that's what it's yes. called. Yeah. Um, your tartan. Tartan. So, I'm such a mutt. 
Yeah. Because then there's the Native Americans. Like most of us are, though. Yeah, it's so true. Um, anyway, so nobody really knows, but the George Washington's uh, family crest has stars and stripes on it. Okay. So there's that. Okay. The um, the colors are kind of retconned. I know what they teach you in <laughs> civics class in oh, high school. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's all retconned. The red stands for this, and the white stands for this. Yeah, and, yawn, yeah. whatever. It yeah. Basically, it's a bastardized version of the british flag if you think about it yeah it really it's, is that's kind of where because i mean the grand union flag had the union jack right there yeah and some stripes yeah but also the number of them were supposed to represent the, 13 the colonies. colonies yeah and the stars are the number of the 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 uh the original and then now we have 50 of them for all of the states whatever but nobody really knows why stripes yeah and I'm going to say that, and we're going to get five emails okay, about explaining why we, to us why we have stripes. That's okay. That's okay. But Wikipedia does not tell me why. Okay. There are stripes. I didn't. There was so much to research in this episode, I couldn't dig as deep as I wanted to. So. Yeah. But Joe's Mugoso background is pre-established. Yeah. And, and the fucking stars. his military background is why he recognized they were bullet holes. Yes. Yes. And because they, they were too regular. And so this is when Abby and uh, Crane show back up and Jenny's like, hey, let me tell you about Francis Scott Key. He wrote it in 1812 and um, they think he was a Mason based on, I think they saw a ring in a picture or something. So I looked up as to whether or not Francis Scott Key was in fact a Mason. Okay. There are arguments on both sides. Uh, like a lot is of he? the founders. Is he? Isn't he? Is he? Isn't he? Yeah, a lot of the founders are kind of iffy. Um, I actually, the the best information I got was from a Reddit thread. Oh, wow. Um, and I'll, I'll, Some I'll of them Reddit it. folks know how to throw down they with do. the research. Well, this particular person um, is, uh, who is a Freemason. Oh, okay. So wanted to know uh, very particularly um, if the, the original, because he wrote the poem. Yeah. Um, if it was authored by a Freemason. So, uh, he says, the fourth stanza rarely sung of the defense of Fort McHenry, which oh, is the okay. original point, more or less comes straight out of Freemasonry. So, he cites, um, many sites repeat the claim that he was raised in Concordia Lodge Number 13 in Maryland. But Concordia Lodge Number 13 Maryland does not list them at all on their website, which seems odd. Yeah, you think they'd be like, look at this per famous person. The Masonic trial says there is no evidence that he was a Mason. Michael Gaffney repeated the same claim about Concordia and has said that he was a member of a lodge that uses the same building as Concordia. Um, Askamason.org says he had a Masonic connections but was not a Mason does not define what Masonic connections means. <laughs> <laughs> they were trying to keep it secret because of all this code business. The Builder, a journal for the Masonic Student, Volume 8, answered the direct question, was Francis Scott Key a Mason in 1922? With, according to the Grand Secretaries of Maryland and the District of Columbia, there were no records extent that showed that Francis Scott Key was a Mason. Well, there you have it. So. Question mark, question mark. But still, it's uh, undetermined as to whether or not he was, in fact, a Mason. But he did, in fact, write the poem... During the War of 1812 at Fort McHenry. Cool. So we at least got that much. Cool. And he was kind of cute. Okay. He was a little cute. I okay. don't know about actually. I don't remember looking at his pictures, <laughs> but the guy actor was kind of cute. Um, and so this is when, uh, you know, they're like, um, the British were targeting American relics during the war, just like at Paul Revere's house. 
And uh, to keep the flag from falling into the wrong hands, Francis oh. Scott Key hit it. Okay, by the way. Betsy's I flag. I don't know where the, we, I kind of did a little search as to where. Yeah. I don't know where the flag is. And so, um, this is when he left a clue in uh, where he put the real flag in the fake flag, and it's all very nebulous. And, um, you know, like you said, he wrote he wrote the world words at Fort McHenry, and um, Jenny's like, okay, well, I'll meet you there because wait, 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 wait. what point point in in point. all of this, Ichabod? They had to point out to Ichabod the line in the national anthem about the flag was still there yeah because and even when ichabod starts to kind of sing it he uses the wrong tune yeah ichabod would not have known the national because anthem it was because after it was written well after he was quote went died. to sleep yeah and i was like there's some consistency that was consistent that was good it was after his time yeah um and so jenny's like okay i'll meet you guys there i've got to pick up some equipment well she thinks she has an answer to their um to their crusty melty soldier problem yeah um and so this is when they go to the parking garage and reynolds is there uh he's like he's um, a little pissed though he's so. just a little pissed because he's like um you almost burned down paul revere's house under the guise What's of an, with that under the guise of an fbi investigation and he's like why is this guy always with you and um this is when, of course, the Eternal Soldier arrives. So now Reynolds has laid his little eyes on the supernatural. And um, they attack. And basically, they end up um, running away. And they throw him in the in the back of the SUV. Now, and, they, and they drive away. Now, wait. I have a problem with this scene. Okay. I have a, pro- <laughs> I have a problem with I have a problem with the episode. But whatever. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I was questioning whether or not this Eternal Soldier was actually the Ghost Rider. It did um, kind of look like that. I did. When you pointed it out, I was like, oh the, my the, God. It was the fireballs, man. It was the fire. It was, yeah. It's all about the I was fireballs. Like, this is actually the ghost have fireballs. It's so, fine. Um, so when Abby and Danny run towards the vehicle that um, <clears throat> Ichabod is driving. Again, Ichabod with the driving. They uh, enter the vehicle on the same side of the car. Okay. Which would be the driver's side of the car. But then Abby's in the passenger seat. Magic? Freedom. Freedom freedom so yeah <laughs> i didn't notice that i was just like i don't I like i watched this. it twice today I'm i was just like sure. i don't like it i was trying to figure out how in the hell <laughs> um and so they're driving and abby's like unless sometimes you know videos can be yeah swapped but abby's like hey reynolds so this is the thing that's happening and he's like oh my god this is what you've been keeping from me and he's like you guys fight these things together and i wanted to be like yep like married people because they <laughs> married because they're driving her car yeah and so um abby's like listen this thing's after us i'll drop you off it'll be fine he asks. he says something that is so real world yeah he says and he says it in the way he says it you've got to cut i know this character has been a drag this whole show yeah but the way he says the one line that doesn't sound good. Yeah. That's a real world reaction. Yeah, because Abby's like, all right, listen, so we're going to do this. And he's like, uh, it doesn't, no, that's not good. And so Abby's like, listen, we have a plan. Um, and so this is when we go to the hidden one and Pandy. And um, again, we get a totally new 
I, like, if this was the case before, correct me, but when he's like, hey, honey, you haven't brought me any more monsters to sacrifice to replenish the hourglass. <sighs> like, I thought they were replenishing him, not the... Like, I'm very I guess, confused. I think they... Uh, he's taking his power from the hourglass. Okay. That's my understanding. So he absorbs the power, so the power in the hourglass is diminishing, so she's supposed to replenish it so he can absorb more power from it. See, again, this goes back to, like, I don't think God power works that way. Like, That's I never, not how the Force works. I never thought of, like, to, to do an equivalent mythi- mythology, like, I never thought of Zeus or Hades or any of them having this issue. Like, you're just a god. It's not this, I need, I'm a god, but only if I keep... He's been asleep for 4,000 years. I don't know. It just sounds fake. <laughs> sounds fake, but okay. And so she's like, hey, honey, I'm not going to do that anymore, you, you bitch nozzle. And um, she's like, I rose up from slavery and I helped you. Okay, now there's a song in Hamilton, by the way, that's Rise Up. Oh, my it's gosh. Gonna rise Up. Oh, my gosh. You're, you're Hamilton mm-hmm. trash, aren't you? Mm-hmm. I don't want to be. But you are. Against my own will. I know. That's why I haven't listened to it yet. I know. Because I got, I got too much shit, shit going on. I know. And so um, she's like, I helped you. And, you know, I learned from the witnesses the power of a true bond. Like, basically, I saw our marriage sucks by looking at Ichabod and Abby. Well, she does say that they love each other. She does. And I would like Pandy the episode knows. to end there. Um, because she's like, they love each other. But Can she, she officiate at the wedding? Yes. Oh my God, she should so marry them. But the hidden one only loves himself and his own power. Are we just now picking up on this? I know. Why is this a surprise? And so, like, he he whammies her with some power, <laughs> except for it's her it's her <gasps> astral projection, and she's <gasps> like, "Bitch, I'm not dumb." And so she. <laughs> She she's, she's only slightly scared of horses. Yeah, she she's only like she's watching him from uh this um scrying bowl and the hidden one's like, "Ha, ah, sundown the next day, I will wipe out the entire world." And I'm like, "Okay, yeah, that still sounds fake." So yeah. So Pandora has left the hidden one's side because Aww. she's not dumb. Even though she was dumb up until then. Yeah. And so this is when <laughs> Reynolds gets dropped off to the FBI and he runs straight to Sophie and he's like, um, you know about, about Abby, don't you? And she's like, yeah. How long have you known? And she tells him and, um, she's like, listen, first of all, would you have believed me? Which is what we talked about in the Into the Wild episode. Mm -hmm. Like if they would have been like, hey, guess what? There's this creature. He would have had them both committed. Absolutely. And so Daniel's like, oh, well, I'm I'm your friend as well as your boss. And she's like, yeah, we were all trying to protect you. You, um, you As know. your friend. Yeah, you're like a baby and you need to be protected. And he's like, um, everybody else must know. And she's like, well, Abby's sister and boyfriend, or sister's boyfriend know. But like other than that, like, <laughs> I, don't I don't think it's a lot of people. Holly knows and, you know, well, you know yeah. other people know. Because everybody's forgotten about Holly. Yeah, and so this is when um, Abby and Ichabod arrive at the fort, and um, Abby's like, yeah, sorry that I had to end up telling Reynolds that way. That kind of sucked. And Ichabod's like, well, we're doing the best we can, and so we have to roll with our, with the punches that we get, basically, is what it comes down to. So mm-hmm. he's he's very supportive of however this happens. Um, and so this is when the uh, we flash back to 
the guy's getting ready to cross the Delaware, and Ichabod realizes Bessie isn't there. And so... I this was them coming back. What? Mm, I don't think so. This is not where he says, go get Betsy Ross. We need her help. I thought... I had the... Because their people are coming off the boats, and they're injured. I don't know. I thought they were about ready to go. Because... Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Um, And so Betsy isn't there, and this this is when he gets her note passed Yeah, yeah. This is the scene oh, I'm okay. thinking of. So they were coming back. There's people... They're injured, and they're taking... They're, they're all these injured people, and he says to somebody, you need to go, could go and fetch Betsy Ross. We need her help. So I got the impression he she that they never were, left. Exactly. Because okay. I got the impression that these were people coming back from a battle. From the battle. The quote-unquote battle. Right. And so um, she leaves him a note that says she's leaving. She's never going to... She might never see him again. And that, oh, she loves him. Whatever. And she couldn't do the goodbye to his face. And she asks weak. him to stay strong. And it sucks. And so this is when Ichabod's like, oh, I never saw her again. But because of her, and they recovered the eye, they won the war, and yada da da da. And um, so Ichabod's like, but it was for the best. Um, was it? Was it? Well, if you go back to not fucking with timelines, then yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and so he's like, uh, nobody should leave stuff left unsaid. And I was like, really? Mm-hmm. Take your own advice, buddy. Yeah. And so um, Abby's like, hey. Um, this is an American fort. And he's like, yes, it's been garrisoned since da-da-da-da-da. And she's like, why is there a big-ass Orpheus statue here? And there's, you're raising your hand. When, whenever you're ready. I is can. it for reals there? It is for reals there. Okay. I've got a whole, I'm going to link to it. It's a PDF. It's about Fort Mint Henry. And there is, in fact, a giant statue of Orpheus on the premises. This is a national park. Okay. And, um... He, it's a monument dedicated to Francis Key Scott and the soldiers who took, soldiers and sailors who took part in the Battle of North Point, the defense of Fort McHenry during the War of 1812. Okay. It's really there. It's a monument, if you think about it, it really does kind of make sense. It's the Greek mythological hero of music and poetry. Okay. The monument is dedicated Francis to Francis Scott Key, Key. Scott Key, who wrote the national anthem. Okay. It makes sense. Okay. It really does. Now, wait, there's more. Okay. Uh, Please tell me there's a secret room beneath it. The monument consists of a 15-foot high circular base made of white marble decorated with a frizzy in low relief. Um, (laughs) Whatever. Uh, 24-foot high figure of Orpheus in bronze showed playing a five-string tortoiseshell lyre. Uh, the, uh, the, the thing at the bottom starts with a portrait shield of key and the dedication then continues around the drum of the bass with a representation of the classic muses paying honor to the army and Navy. Wait, but wait, there's more. Oh shit. Where is it? Uh, da, 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 da talks about Eurydice, blah, blah, blah. The marble base bears a medallion honoring Francis Scott Key, flanked by a procession of allegorical figures. The pedestal contains a tam- time capsule filled with documents of patriotic and historical interest. That's pretty cool. Although the time capsule was opened in 1962, there are no plans to open it in the future. I want to steal it. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, this isn't National Treasure, sorry. Mm-hmm. So, yes... And yes. Oh my gosh. 
So this is when, like, he starts fingering the statue and it opens a fancy door. And you, the, there's your Abby's secret passage. Abby's the one doing the fingering, Was it Abby? By the way. Yeah. I love Abby. Because she, she, she talks about the liar and she reaches her hand up. Oh, yeah, yeah, hits yeah. Hits the one bell, hits the one note. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, you know the tune. Because he don't know the tune. No. No. Anyway. No, he doesn't. Mm. And so we get a secret a secret uh, room, which is pretty cool. Because it's really there. I kind of like the set. Um, and so they go down and... It's um, just the Masonic cell with redressing. You know that, right? Shush. Okay. It was a cool set. <laughs> They're proud of it. Um, and so they find the flag and it's great. Yay! Except for this is when the Eternal Soldier shows up. So why not leave it in the case? Easy carrying. Because they're Just dorks. grab the case and go. I don't know. Because they're Because do- they had to have that dramatic moment um. when he reveals that the flag is still there. And um, so he folds it back up. Wrong. Yeah. By the does. way. Well, but then I realized in my rewatch. He doesn't know all the protocols. Well, it's not even just that. But the way he folds it, it's it shows prominently the stars section. As he's, I'm like, you remember the star? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fine. Um, and so <laughs> it, um, it shows up and attacks him again. And um, this is when Ichabod wraps his coat around the flaming hand. And um, and he's like, dude, stop! And then he's gonna do he's gonna do his his firebolt thing. But then this is when Joe and Jenny show up, and Jenny sprays him with like liquid nitrogen, and she's mm-hmm. like, yeah, bitch, yeah, bitch. And um, d- the Eternal Soldier gets smashed it because now it's frozen and it it it's finally dead, dead. Science, bitch. Yeah, and Ichabod's like, the flag's still here. Because the flag was still there. Well, it took the third, my third wash of this to see when he put it under his coat. Because everything goes so quickly. But I thought it was really weird that this is the same coat that he moments before wrapped in a flaming thing. So the coat could still be smoldering and it's like, ah, I'm going to put the flag in here. It's a fire retardant coat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. As an, an emphasis on the word retarded. <laughs> And so this is when um, Abby goes back to the FBI and she's like, hey, buddy. This. Yeah, this yeah. didn't happen. Um, and she's like, don't worry, we killed the big scary monster. And um, Abby's like, listen, I told myself that nothing could happen between us because I have responsibilities to this, you know, crazy witness war or whatever. But she's like, I was making excuses. And the whole time I'm like, this is not happening. This is not happening. This is not happening. Um because but now he knows and Abby's like I don't know how to feel about that and he's like uh he says something like Ichabod isn't normal right and she's like yeah no just he says Crane pause and I'm like he's not normal I was like he's your husband right um I really was waiting for him to ask if they were dating I really was I was too and but he asks if he can kiss Abby and she lets him she kissed okay. the wrong person. In now, that's a whole discussion. But I'm thinking you're in a glass room in the middle of the FBI at work, making out with your boss, making out with your boss. This is not. Oh, this cannot end well. Yeah. Well, and that's that's I think part of my huge problem with this is Abby was the one that was saying throughout throughout this whole season she was you know she was worried when Reynolds came back because he would he would you know she was afraid he would pick back up he would want to pick back up she didn't want it she didn't want it she wanted to keep things professional 
you know, and, and he's tried several times. But was it because she was afraid to let him in on the secret, not because she was that she didn't want a relationship? If it was, they didn't they didn't adequately explain that to me until it came up in this episode. Okay. So I feel like I think we're supposed to believe all this time that it she was because, because she was trying she to keep him at arm's length and because protect him. of the secret of being a witness yeah it's like to- uh tony mentioned that abby said at the very beginning like we can't let people get close to us it's like in season two or something yeah so yeah. it's like eh, i don't like it um again she's kissing the wrong person but whatevs so this is when um ezra goes to jenny's trailer <laughs> and he brings her some taffy he brings her the bag of taffy. I'm like, it's pink. It's, it's pink. pink. And it was pink. And he, because she, she kind of like blows him off and then he leaves. He leaves really soon. And then she looks and it's, it's the pink. He did remember taffy. pink was her favorite. He did remember. Um, and so I this, still want, okay. I still want to know. We have two episodes left. Yeah. And a lot to explain about Ezra Mills. And why we brought him back in. Yeah, what was the whole point of bringing him, even hiring this actor to Because to me, it seems useless at this point. If something doesn't come up soon. With the main storyline, not just with their development with their dad. Which, you know, I'm, I'm fine learning all about Abby's family as opposed to Ichabod's. That's great. But it's been so behind the scenes and just so... Low key. Talk about slow burn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because she found him. I mean, and, what was the point? Yeah, exactly. So, this is when um, Ichabod and Abby meet at sunrise. Oh. What? What if the hidden one finds him and holds him hostage? Oh, I didn't even think Abby about that. And Abby has to... And he finds out about the whole world that way, but maybe he already knew... Oh, no. No. No, don't, 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 don't bring don't this hurt man, my babies. Don't bring this man on board just to let him be bait. Oh no, that'd be awful. That would. Oh. Now Reynolds make bait. Let, That's okay, fine. Reynolds can be bait. That's fine. That's fine. His character is so two dimensional. It really is. Ugh. Um. So this is when Abby and Ichabod are at a park. Um, Law Memorial Park specifically. Yeah. As, I looked it up. As the sun rises, is that a park in Sleepy Hollow? Where is that? It's about five to five or six miles ish okay. from Sleepy Hollow. That's it's not doable. Far. That's it's very doable. doable. Very doable. I mean, it's only five or six miles. I work ten miles from where I live. It's not that far. I thought it was odd that they arrived separately because they live together. How did Ichabod get there? Don't know. Motorcycle. I'm hoping so. He didn't have helmet head, so he did not have helmet anyway. head. Anyway. Um, and so he's like he's like he's been trying to get the secret out of the flag. Um and so this is when Poor they bring flag. up by the dawn's early light. Dun, dun, dun. They're gonna one one more try, they're gonna let the dawn's early light hit it and see what happens. And lo and behold a map shows up. Oh my up. god, that was some s- Okay, so yes, this is Betsy's best work to date. Because <laughs> damn, son. Yeah, she she was all about the holographics before like it even existed. So good job, Betsy. Damn. Yeah, that's some serious stitch work right there. Yeah, that's Shit. why it had to be hidden because it couldn't be displayed. Because every time the sun hit it when it was rising, it'd be like, well, here's this fucking map. Here's where you need to go. <laughs> so it's it's the okay. So it's the way she... Washington got to the catacombs, basically. Yeah, it's it's basically it's all pretty and glittery. So in order for Betsy to have sewn this into the flag that they supposedly took with them because Monroe was grasping it like it was his love. Um, you've seen the painting. Yeah. 
she there had to have the map had to have been how did she do you see like how she knew the the way before they had gone for her in order for her to do this intricate stitching yeah like how did she know that like how can you make a map before you've even been there is what i was thinking she had to have been shown a map for her to then what happened to the original map that see it hurts it does it was still kind of pretty though it was but at the end of it abby's like i'm ready to go back which was terribly brave of her wasn't it but now she knows not to the symbol is on their sides and she wouldn't be going alone of course i mean that was half the problem with her in the catacombs was that she was by herself she was by herself yeah yeah so so is the catacombs where the hidden one has been all this time I see. That they talk about him as being asleep, so she must have gone to the catacombs and woken him up or some shit. Like I don't. Hey, know. Hey, honey, wake up! Wake up, baby! I don't know. I don't know. How if there's this alternate way to, to get to the catacombs, she could she not have done that instead of growing the tree of fear? Do you see where this is? So many pro- plot holes. Yeah, yeah. It's there. Yeah, ouchie on your brain. So anyway. So we have feedback, don't we? Oh, do so we? Much. Do we? So much. So much. Tony has feelings. Tony has lots of feelings. Um, before I get to that, though, I'm going to go through these Twitters so I don't forget them. Okay. Uh, Kim, I, I I posted out of there on, on Twitter and Facebook and, and whatnot that we were going to record a little early because of the holiday. Yeah. Um, Kim responded saying, not pleased with a particular scene. I suspect you know which one. Yep. Um, she sent us a link to an article on TV Line. Um, she says, I find it ever so interesting that Daniel, much like the hidden one, feels entitled to know things. Yet he continues to lie to Abby about her being an asset. He is such an arrogant, unappealing a-hole. Yeah, and that's something that you reminded me uh, after the episode. And I was like, oh my God, I completely forgot about that business. Like, he's hella lying to her. Hella. And she was so, like, torn up in knots about about lying to him about her secret life when she had a good reason to to protect him. And then he's he's completely, yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping that this whole development with Reynolds is just a way for her to realize that she needs to really be with Ichabod. Well, sure. So. So, okay. Uh, Tony has feelings. <laughs> um, the title of this particular email is Go Fuck Yourselves Mother uh, and she bleeped herself out on that word <laughs> Go awesome. Fuck Yourselves Mother bleep, at Fox Okay. well we've been saying that since they cancelled Firefly but whatever yeah. Yeah. Um, she says well it's only a couple of minutes after 6 here on the west coast and no I haven't watched Sleepy Hollow yet now I know before the season started they talked of a kiss between Danny and Abby apparently she was spoiled uh, that we the audience would end up seeing in the office now if the rest of this holds true something happens in the department that doesn't sit right with Abby and she needs an exit strategy out of the FBI I know the article released before season 3 had raised the question over whether or not Abby fully trusts Danny once again, Secrets Destroying Relationship is brought up by Papa Mills. Yeah. Could the show be alluding to something regarding Adam's sudden rekindling with Daniel? Was it just me, or did she look straight up pissed when Daniel blew her off in the workout gym? Is Abby playing Daniel, and if not, what is up with all of a sudden I want to share my other world? 
Notice how she gives him no info on Crane and doesn't tell him that she is a witness. Abby is once again maybe trying to avoid the unavoidable. I love the fact that Abby let Crane move in, but when she does, she puts up boundaries and forces him into the arms of another woman. If you ask me, this is her punishing Crane. So yeah, Abby knows Crane has feelings for her. Either that or she's stuck on dumb. She doesn't seem to have any regard for his feelings whatsoever. I almost wanted to slap the coils out of her hair when she blurted. I think it's about time I tell Danny the truth. It's not fair to him. What the hell is she toking? <laughs> I wish I could say the writers are smart, but that remains to be seen. <laughs> yeah, you're preaching to the choir, honey. Um, because when I look at Abby and Daniel, I see a parallel to the hidden one and Pandora. He is very abusive in the way that he talks to her, so much so that Abby all but turns into a little girl around him. Did you notice? A little bit. Mm. It's almost like she was saying, I'm sorry, but I won't do it again. This is the wrong relationship to ship. Those of you who are shipping because you hate interracial romance, go fuck yourselves. And those who support it based on how good Danny looks and because he's African-American, once again, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> so saith Tony. So saith the Tony. The show is going about this particular storyline in all the wrong ways. Most fans feel like they got slapped in the mouth tonight while others were elated not to be witness to an Ichabod kiss. I do think that Danny's lies will come back to bite him in the ass. Oh, I think so, too. It is definitely trouble for Team Witness. I'm hoping Pandora is the one to set Abby straight, or her witness life as well as the catacombs will do it. She's riding high, and she needs to get the rug ripped out from under her when it comes to Danny. And you know what? I, don't, I won't feel sorry for her when that happens. Once again, she brings up the need to be in control, and when will she learn that she can't be? Let us not forget that Crane needs to become an American citizen. They better not screw us over. We've waited three seasons for Icky Ab Ica Abby, not some jump in the sack relationship with Danny. Abby is trying to play it safe because she knows with Crane he will be all in with Danny. She can dump him when she pleases. I will be laughing, laughing my ass off if they found out that she and Crane are already married. But this is what I do know. <laughs> The fans have dealt with all of the shadiness from the writers to the showrunners and have been patient in waiting to see what happens between the two leads. The show has gone out of its way to toy with the fans. The only time they interacted with the fans was when certain white women were put off by the possibility of an Ica Abbey romance. Guess what else? Some of the people on the set were in full support of this particular attitude as well. Mm, I, I didn't up. know that. I gotta scroll up. Uh, there were some African-Americans all up in arms over the possibility of an interracial pairing between the two leads. They, too, pose a problem. There were ones who automatically believed that Dana Abbey should happen because they're both African-American. If that's how you think, then I will put your ass right up in the same camp with the rest of the ignorant. <laughs> Backward-ass thinking folk. This show wasted everyone's time with their games. They purposely brought on a handsome young African-American man who made they made sure to have Abby sleep with but to be her boss as well. That this shit stank from the get go. Yeah, that's uh, that's why a lot of this doesn't sit right with me because Abby does not seem the type to like for her character to be like, yeah, it's okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna screw the boss, and yeah. have a relationship with him. Like that's mm -hmm. not at all horrible. No. Uh, Shernold Edwards talked out of her ass about the show wasn't about romance, but we get Joanie overnight. I heard the words out of her mouth saying how the, quote, fans were only seeing what they want to see, end quote. Clifton sure served up a nice helping of his Campbell bullshit stew tonight, didn't he? This, uh, is this hit the way to win over fans? Raven Metzner fucking with the audience in the episode. Mm, she sent a correction email to this. Let me make sure I use the right. Incident at Stone Manor. 
Oh, okay. Um, I want to make sure I, I said the, gave the right episode. Now you see why those of us said what we said. This is how Fox sees it. Light with white, white with white, and brown with brown. Uh, by the way, I got nothing from that kiss. I'm sure that asshole will find a reason to bring that up next week. He's a complete turnoff, constantly acting like a petulant child because he's not part of the get, the get Along gang. And no, I'm not here for a stupid love triangle. After this episode, I don't see a season four happening, but they should give fans what they want in Ica Abby if this is the last hurrah. I didn't even think about the damn love triangle. I hate love triangles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um... There's another email several hours later. Uh, it's late and I'm still pissed. <laughs> I think Abby is strung out on her magic herbs she made while in the catacombs. Hell for all I know, she could be smoking that shit out there in the garage. Abby telling Sophie she made medicine while she was in the underworld. With what dirt? She's acting weird and once again seem to be making these upturned faces. I want the Ragnarok to happen so Danny can get washed away in the flood. Looks like Raven Metzner and his secret crush, Lindy Greenwood, will be at WonderCon. Can someone please explain why the two leads are never at these conventions anymore? I double-checked. Neither one of them were at Wendy, at, at WonderCon this week. Really? Nope. Huh. It was Lindy, I think Zach, and um, I think maybe maybe Sophie. I don't think so. I don't remember. But I know uh, like Raven was there. Mm. But no, neither, one, neither Nicole or Tom were there. Okay. Um, the fact that the show waited for the back half to do this when they could have done this in the first half, by the way, didn't Crane blast Abby and her hypocrisy. She made it her business to tell Crane in season two that they can't be in relationships, and then she smacks him with this crap. Axel Foley quote, hey you guys, the party's over, Fox fucked it up for everybody, so let's just go home. Wow. Um, and then... She sent us a link to an article back in uh, early March on Screen Spy. Um, okay, last one. This is from Jasmine. Hi, ladies. Hi. Wow, this episode. Yeah. The hidden one is dumb as hell. Yeah, he is. Oh, speaking of, if, okay, um, back to the show for just a second. Uh, when they, when Ichabod and Abby are circling the base of Orpheus's, he talks about how several um, Greek things are represented, but he doesn't see Hades. Oh. I thought that was a very interesting uh, fact that he pointed specifically pointed out Hades. Okay. Okay. Why did he specifically? But it being Orpheus, although technically if you look up the, the history of why it's there, they're muses. Yeah. There are no gods. They're muses. They're, but he does make a, make a specific point. he specifically makes a point. Now, does that have to do with the fact that Orpheus went to hate, went to see Hades? Yeah. Could be. Anyway. Interesting. So, the hidden one is dumb as hell. <laughs> Hades. Asking Pandora where his food at after he'd been abusing and torturing her. Bitch, please. I know, like, like that felt very much like getting the kitchen to make me a sandwich. I am so freaking happy that Pandora is done with the Hidden One's crap. We all are. I hope she blows him up and then she gets his powers and becomes a goddess. Thanks the witnesses for helping her and then bounces. She can come back to help them occasionally. <laughs> I'd be cool with that. Yeah. I am, am I to assume that Ezra just showed up at Abby's house, hoping she would open the door, or have he and Abby been talking for a while already? They had to have exchanged contact information. They had to for him to know where she was. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Ichabod's so sweet meeting his soon-to-be in-law for the first time. 
I know, wasn't that great? (laughs) And he must have made a fabulous impression because Ezra said, take good care of my daughter. Mm -hmm. Looks like Ichabod got Ezra's blessing to marry his daughter. Hop to it, Ichabod. Thank you. Ichabod is killing me with his deep (laughs) V-shirts. You pointed that out, too. Abby, too. Well, I noticed in the rewatch that they both kind of was like, well, you know, she's going to do it. He should do it, too. It was some nice... It was Chesticleness. Yeah. Um... On the on 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 every front, um, I legit forgot Betsy Ross was a character on this show. We hadn't had her for like three episodes, and every week I'd be like, "We didn't have Betsy. Mm. This is great." She said, "I don't watch the title sequence because I look at my phone to see what people are saying on Twitter." Anyway, I thought that her twistery was cool this week, being one of the people to cross the Delaware. Mm-hmm. She wasn't in it a whole lot. It was fine. No. So, do you guys think they will see her in the catacombs, or is she gone for good? I think if we would have seen her in the catac, like if, if she we was get, there, if we Abby get a flashback, that's possible. But I don't know how we could flashback because Ichabod Crane wasn't there. there. Yeah, but yeah, Abby would have seen her if she was still knocking around the catacombs. Oh, I think so too. Uh, she says the other twistery was awesome as well. It wasn't bad. It was some of the better twistery we've had in a while. I will. Yeah. yeah. At least we got some twistery. Exactly, because we. I'm tired of the twistology. Yeah. They don't do so well with that. No, they don't. She says, so Abby and Daniel kissed. That was something that happened. (laughs) That's about how I feel about it. Um, She says, me watching live. Rated R for Shipper Rant. Ooh. Oh, my God. For two freaking seasons and two episodes before the end of the third season, Abby is getting her first on-screen kiss. Yes, Get it, Abby. Happy grinning face, then slowly realizing we only have two freaking episodes left this fe- left this season. Angry what the fuck face. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing, Sleepy Hollow? Why in the hell did you wait this long to do this? What is your end game? Are you icky Abby as fuck or naw? You can't ship bait Ika Abby if you're not going to come through. You have two goddamn episodes left to wrap all your shit up. One, two. We don't have time for this bullshit. You don't have time to do a fucking slow burn unless Fox renews the show. This should have been done episodes ago. It's too late for this. But then I saw a post on Twitter about Daniel still being a shady MF and... Oh, shady (laughs) motherfucker. Okay. And started to chill with my stunner shades. I had completely forgotten about that. Abby better find out about his shady ass next episode... Sorry for that rant. Yeah, that and that would nip this in the bud pretty quickly. Wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, she says, I think creepy boss guy, that would be Jack Waters. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is back next week, so I guess we will see where his shady FBI storyline will go in these last two episodes, as well as traveling to the catacombs and kicking the hidden one's ass. These last two episodes are going to be absolutely crazy. Also, how in the hell did Ezra find Jenny's trailer in the middle of the woods? Yes. Because it's not like she's, like, got a mail stop. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <sighs> I'm going to guess Joe told him. Oh, that's I'm gonna true. Head, I'm going to head cannon. Yeah. Joe told that him. That seems like something he would do. Yeah. Um. Then she mentions a line from the trailer. Are we ready to go there? Yes. Okay. Because some people consider next week's episode trailer to be spoilery. So. Thanks for listening if you're leaving us. Thanks for listening. We'll be late next week, but we'll see you then. Okay. She says um, from the trailer. Victory comes at a terrible loss. Is someone going to die? Who is it? Joe. 
Joe. And that would be a good, well, not a good reason. Oh, we did see the, the Wendy Joe, didn't we? We did see the Wendy Joe, and it would be the it would be a reason to have Joanny this whole season mm. is to make. But that just hurts Jenny more, so I'm not behind that. But we did see the Wendy Joe mm. rather prominently. Mm. That's rough. So I don't know. That's rough. Yeah, I don't like it. I kind of like Joe. He's grown on me. He's okay. I'd like rather, I said, I'd rather Danny die. Like I said last week, I would trade uh, Joe for Frank Irving in like a hot second. Oh yes, I would love for Orlando to crop back up again, and then Mister and Mrs. Badass Motherfucker can get back together. <gasps> yes. Mister and Mrs. Bamf, remember them? Yes, and Orlando shipped them as well. Which I makes don't know. It better. I don't know. Orlando shipped Frank and Ichabod. He so did too. He begged for that fan fiction. Oh my God, he's adorable. I, I'm, I really miss Orlando on this I a do lot. Too. And he was a social media, yeah, god, yeah, for this show. And then they asked him to leave. I mean, come on, ta- talk about free advertisement. I know. I just yeah. He needs. Yeah. To, I miss Orlando. I do too. And not Bloom. No. Although he would fit right in with Ichabod, honestly. <laughs> I'm your brother. He he would as the Pirates of the Caribbean Orlando Bloom. Yeah. Not the Lord of the Rings Orlando Bloom. No, that would just be weird. That would be really weird. Yeah. No Legolas here. No, no. Um, What was his name? Will Turner. Will Turner. I was kept wanting to call him Captain Jack Sparrow, but No, that's, that's a different no. person. Entirely. Totally. Okay. Anything else? I don't have anything. Okay. Uh, final reminder that our podcast will be recorded late next week. So yes, if we don't we'll, respond to your tweets, it's because we haven't watched it yet. We'll um, be a couple days late. Yeah. Because so. we'll be conning. So much conning. We'll yeah. have to recover. Yeah. So it'll be great. Yeah. So thank you for listening, guys. Thanks, guys.